Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Films, 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 lots of films, 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 films. These good films, bad films, fun films, sad films, films we love. Greetings. Hello. We have gone back into the pod booth. We locked all the doors, sealed it shut. We're like, won't be needing that for a while. And then when I was editing the Christmas special, I was like, this is a little little too much. And I decided to postpone a couple of the reviews. I was thinking it's like, you know, it's like Christmas dinner. You eat so much, you can't really enjoy the pudding. What's exactly. the point of making this delicious tiramisu? I'm not sure how far this metaphor will go. Keep, keep plowing away. If everyone's too full of uh, turkey so i figured we'll just take a little break take a little break you go you maybe watch something on tv have a little wine or something talk amongst yourselves in a different room and then once you've made a little space you come back exactly which is exactly what this episode is so we have reviews of happy new year colin burstead and the favorite coming up both of which may feature a slight background giggle from katie but she's no longer here <laughs> they were recorded in the past exactly when katie was here but she's she's not here now but seeing as we are here um how you been i've been pretty good had cool. a nice christmas hung out with my family um ate quite a lot of food what do you think has been the most important bit of film news that's come out since the last recording i think that is undeniably kevin spacey's decision to release a bizarre short film in character as frank underwood from house of cards so on christmas eve he just dropped this like a bomb on the internet. Let me be frank. Let me be frank. It's the title of it. And uh, yeah, functions as a little film that he's made. Yeah, it's half like a denial, half a mere culpa, and half like a sort of Kickstarter video for like his own version of House of For his of own Cards, career to come back. Where he's like, uh, my character got killed off in the show. He's like, you actually never saw me die. So I, I never filmed a death scene because I've been fired. So do you reckon he's thinking if this gets enough likes... Then Netflix will give him a call, be like, "We've we're back." Maybe Season he thought it seven. would light the fire under a thousand change.org 
petitions from all his fans demanding the return of Underwood. Where must his head be at to think this was a good idea? I think one of the odd things about it is that he's decided to protest his own innocence and um, poor treatment in character as a murderous villain while saying, you know, I've done all these awful things and you loved it. Do you know what I heard? I'm going to come back and it's like... What are you saying that you are a bastard, and that's why people went to see you in films and watched you on Maybe. the stage? You know what would have been really good if for the Twelve Days of Christmas there was like in a, a new video each day as, as a different villainous character. So the next day is like Kaiser Soze, <coughs> <laughs> the death of the day is like Richard the Third. He's the guy from Seven. He's K Pax. He's K Pax. <laughs> He's uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy from 21. <laughs> he's, he's John Paul Getty. He's like, we didn't, never got to see his performance. So he's yeah. probably... Wait a minute. That. You never got to even see my performance. Why wasn't it called Let Me Be John Paul Getty? <laughs> Let Me Be Getty. Let Me Be Getty. Getty up. Anyway, so have you forgiven him? Um, Well, yeah. I, would, I think my initial reaction to it was kind of like horror and disgust at what a bizarre and narcissistic creep he is. But after a few days of letting it settle in, I feel like a web series would actually be the best thing for everyone. Yeah. Where he plays Frank Underwood from House of Cards, maybe trying to get back back on top. He's had to fake his own death for some reason. Yeah. It's just very strange. Very, very strange. Do you think that this will basically have put the nail in any possibility of him returning? Or will it? does it? Does this sort of bizarre stunt affect your chances? Or does anyone actually care in the industry or whatever? In any kind of normal world, you would immediately then be ostracized as... um... Yeah. Well, I guess it feels like he's like, I can't... There's only two ways to play this, right? Total mea culpa or just come out and uh, try try and own it. Yeah. Own being a pedo, which is a weird... Not sure if that's going to (laughs) work. If you've got it, flaunt it. If you've got it, flaunt it. Including the history of sexual assault. You loved it, me assaulting all these miners. You loved it. You knew what was going on. Like, I'm not sure everyone did, really, because, yeah. Mm. Mm. He's ruined Christmas. He has ruined Christmas. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks, Kev. Shall we roll our, the clip of us reviewing Colin Bursted? Absolutely. Enjoy. The new Ben Whitley movie, Happy New Year, Colin Burstead, it's going to be on the BBC iPlayer for a year, so you have no excuse not to watch it. The plot is that Neil Maskell plays the eponymous Colin Burstead, and he rents a kind of manor house castle place um, to host his sort of extended family for New Year's. Uh, they're played by some Wheatley regulars, such as Sam Riley, Peter Ferdinando, uh, Bill Patterson... His sister is played by Hayley Atwell. Not Hayley Atwell. Squires. Hayley Squires. His sister is played by Hayley Squires, uh, best known for I, Daniel Blake. And it is, in the same way, very much in that genre of the family comes together. There's some stuff that hasn't been said, some unresolved issues. And at some point, the alcohol levels will reach a point where people become very honest. And it's uh, here's a clip. The problem is not the problem. The problem is you. You want to lecture me on graft. Graft, I never stinted a moment in years and years. If you're talking about wasting, wasting time, wasting money, is spending money on this guy. Spending money on something like that. This is a stunt. This is a stunt. Just pouring money in your direction. Showing off 
You don't need to pour money in my ruin, direction. You're you going to ruin this night oh. for, uh, over this, aren't you? I'm not going to ruin it. I'll try hey? not to ruin it. I'll try it's not to ruin it. from the day one when I come You're the only person who has to try yeah. not to Look, ruin Look, your mother's something. hurt herself. She's hurt herself. I have to go back there. Oh, I thought we'd have a quiet chat if we would sort I could say, I, I could tell how concerned you were about her during this conversation. Yeah, so we both saw this at the London Film Festival. I thought it was very, very good. I liked it. It's good. Um, I am a sucker for this kind of type of story. I like the whole, uh, you set up all this stuff and it, eventually this shit will hit the fan. You know, it's like Festin or Archipelago or the first half of Melancholia before the planet destroys everything. Or probably most notably, it's a lot like, or very much in the vein of Abigail's party. And it seems very fitting that it's going to go straight on the BBC because it does feel like a sort of modern twist on the bla- on the uh, on the play for today, um, <laughs> on the play for today sort of thing, which was like a sort of halfway house between theatre and cinema, and uh, something immensely satisfying about that kind of type of story when done well, and this is the case. And I liked how it didn't feel the need to resolve anything. It's kind of kind of pleasingly messy, in that things come to pass but you imagine that they would just meet the next year and pretty pretty much the same thing would happen and i think that's true of sort of like family gatherings you know it sort of all comes out for a bit but then you sort of just make up and then nothing's really resolved but it just will you know yeah there's 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 no like really cheap catharsis in it yeah exactly and i think the the movie is this really brilliant balancing act of plot and tone in that it's got a lot of plate spinning there's a lot of characters and they all have a bit of shtick Though at the same time, it doesn't feel the need to give everybody some sort of epic character arc. Some people are just, you know, there for the party and some people have a bit more emotional heavy lifting to do. But because it's so, so much like emotional turmoil in the dynamic of the family, you feel like it could reach a point of diminishing returns with the arguments, but it's kind of tempered with a lot of wit. It's a really funny movie. And I think maybe that's the benefit of having such a sprawling cast is that you can check out of some more like, quote unquote, dramatic uh, conflicts. And there are some more like overtly comedic characters. Yeah, I think the the I agree with what you said entirely. Thank well, you. well said and correct. And a review, fantastic. <laughs> um, I was also really endeared to the film by uh, the the end uh, credit sequence. Is it a spoiler to you talk about it? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you're going to see the movie, I won't spoil it for you. But basically, the the, the the nature of the end credit sequence, I felt, was it's this really kind of inclusive moment that expresses this general sense of brotherhood and humanity, which is both appropriate to the season in which the movie takes place and is being screened, um, as well as being a nice kind of um, way to give a sense of kind of sort of happiness or closure to the preceding events without doing it in a kind of uh, cheap dramatic way by having everyone just like resolve all the differences and this and there's something i guess that kind of resonates with the nature of being in a family and you you know just from doing it that way that i thought was quite clever and quite new and i think it's quite a sort of slight film um in a lot of ways it feels like a palate cleanser from having made a big blockbuster movie previously free fire and he kind of shot it with all his friends and like obviously shot it in like quite a short period of time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I found it uh, quite charming um, and enjoyable. Yeah, it's just a good um, kind of hangout movie. Yeah, it's a hangout movie, the exactly. Cast yeah. are, like, re- the cast are really charming. And it's really nice to see, well, Ben Wheatley and by extension his cast be in a movie where no one gets murdered. Like, Neil Maskell, I think, is, like, a brilliant actor, but he's often cast as kind of slightly fuggish or menacing characters, and it's just cool to see him as a sort of 
uh, writer who's a bit depressed. Yeah, and, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Nice to see him in that mode. And uh, I guess what is like different about it, like I, I, I always feel like I'm making points, and I'm like someone could easily like disprove them. But the, that's that's what it's like being on a podcast. The, the you've got, you got to embrace the it. examples I cited in the sort of subgenre of like people get together and it's going wrong it's usually like upper middle class people or like you know it's all you enter a room oh well you know henry did that a few years ago whatever like yeah 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 and it's just refreshing to see people from just a more relatable (laughs) that's uh, true no i I agree completely with that middle class people where it's usually just poshos in a mansion who you know the matriarch has done something or i don't know (laughs) it's normally like gossip park or something yeah exactly yeah like it's a very british genre in that it's but it's usually tied up with a certain echelon yeah, and I, I don't. I don't think the movie is out to be like this really kind of working class, authentic, you know, no, it's film. Just, it's just, just like feels different to. Yeah, it's just like they're not all like engineers and bankers. And yeah, the, and the one posh character is almost like I don't know if it's even a comment on that because the guy who like runs the mansion is like. It's kind of posh, but not. But kind of but posh, not. but not. Yeah. Posh, but not. Though. Posh, but not. He's called Mister Posh, but not. <laughs> <laughs> He's Polish. My favorite film stars Bridget Bardo. She's the queen and she wants to be in radio. So she starts a podcast with her friends. And the terrorists try to stop her, but she beats them in the end. More reviews. Can't stop them. They're coming. They will not be prevented. They're favorites. It's the new Log- Yorgos Lanthimos film. That was a whole other review. It's a whole other review. Saying a favorite, no, the favorite. That's the name of the film. <laughs> Uh, he previously directed Dog Teeth, The Lobster, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, probably some films before that that few people have seen. And his new movie is called The Favourite. It's a kind of period drama, uh, but but like in a very flippant and comedic way, um, starring Olivia Colman and Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss and Nicholas Holt and some other, there's some many familiar faces in it. And it's basically about a kind of uh, love slash uh, uh, power triangle that goes on in a um, Elizabethan style courts. Is Elizabeth? Is it Elizabethan? Wait, it's gonna, it's gonna say oldie time. I'll say it again in a eighteenth um, uh, century courts, and um, Not <laughs> it stars Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne. Uh, who is she's basically playing it somewhere in the realm of like Queenie from the second series of Blackadder as a kind of um, childlike uh, but very powerful monarch. And her kind of right hand is uh, Rachel Weiss, who plays the Duchess of Marlborough um, and their uh, close confidants. Um, and then into their relationship comes Emma Stone as this uh, young woman who has been cast out of high society due to a scandal with her parents and then works her way up through the maids and like lower classes to try to kind of re-enter the upper echelons of the court. So she gets like caught up in this like power drama in the court um, as well as this uh, sort of like gay r- romantic drama that ensues as well. I'm ready for the Russian ambassador. Who did your makeup? We went for something dramatic. Do you like it? You look like a badger. Oh. Are you going to cry? Really? Well, what do you think you look like? Badger. Do you really think you can meet the Russian delegation looking like that? No. I will manage it. Go back to your rooms. Thank you. 
Did you just look at me? Did you? Look at me. Look at me. How dare you? Close your eyes. Um, I was not expecting that much from the movie because I really didn't like killing of a sacred deer and I find Lanthimos's whole attitude a bit off-putting in some ways. I think like both uh, in the lobster and in the sacred deer, there's this um, kind of putting people um, in a Petri dish and like uh, watching them fight each other attitude that he has. It's like he has this sort of Olympian gaze on people. The camera is sort of observing them from a distance and they talk in a weird way. They don't talk quite like normal people. Uh, and they tend to do horrible things to each other, which the film kind of has a sort of wry and detached attitude towards. And then there's something that I just find a bit arrogant about the attitude of his movies and like mean, there's a mean spiritedness to it, which is what I was anticipating going into this. And in the first scene, when it immediately kicks into the very Lanthimos style, slightly not human dialogue, I was like, here we go again. Another, you know, thing that's going to annoy me. But I liked it a lot in the end. <laughs> I actually liked it, uh, mainly because it's more overtly comic. And I think the kind of farcical nature of it makes everything much more palatable. And it's anchored by a series of excellent performances, particularly Olivia Colman, who's kind of playing Queenie from Blackadder 2, but as a kind of real person. And it's a great melding of her gifts as a comic actress and as a dramatic actress. And uh, I think it's worth seeing it for her performance alone. She's very, very good in it. But it just, by making it uh, more of a comedy, I think it kind of uh, lessens the the gap between the people presented on screen and whatever their inner psychological lives might be and then the kind of like distanced view of the, uh, the movie where it's just like, you know, look at these like odd people play out their strange lives. Because the nature of a comedy is that it invites you to laugh at the absurdity of things. Whereas like when things are just like overtly tragic and bizarre, it's just alienating. Whereas when things are, are silly and humorous, it kind of draws you in. Does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. Um, so I think that that mode is just works better with his whole style. And I was impressed by how funny it was. I mean, I kind of had him pegged as one of those slightly arch directors where like, you know, it's only the kind of um, most turtlenecked film critics who yeah. will be laughing. Like wanker funny. The wankers. Yeah, <laughs> wanker funny. Um uh, but uh, but it was genuinely funny. I thought it was like I thought it was a really funny movie, and I also enjoyed the the playful attitude towards period drama in it. Like a lot of period dramas are very fussy about historical details, or they all resemble like BBC adaptations. And this film just has a little bit of fun with it. There's some comically oversized ruffs. Uh, people just dress in this slightly ridiculous way. You don't need to know anything about the history. It's not really relevant. And it just felt like a bit of sending up of that entire genre uh, in a way that I found very entertaining. Do you um, think uh, the sort of Lanthimos stilted dialogue kind of suits the kind of posh, yeah, uh, halls of power sort of thing more? Yeah, than yeah, yeah. Life? I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point as well because in something like Sacred Deer, which has got a, a contemporary setting, it just sounds like a bizarre affectation that's inexplicable. Whereas in the context of a period drama, you're expecting them to be talking in a slightly off kilter way anyway, like Shakespearean style dialogue. So it doesn't seem as out of place. Yeah, I, 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 I recommend it. I think, I think you should go see it. Well, you should see go it. see it. You should go I see, should it. see it. You should see it. You should all see it. <laughs> Katie. Even Katie should see it. But I hate Emma Stone. Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? But I do hate Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Who hates Olivia Coleman? Who hates Olivia Coleman? Who hates Olivia Coleman? Well, if you hate her, you'll love her after seeing The Favourite, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. 
friends and Graf heard something that changed his life What he listened to When John Cusack made a mixtape for his future wife What did she listen to? And when Michael Madsen cut a guy's ear off What was he dancing to? And when Tim Robbins showed Shawshank that he had enough Which record did he choose? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Great review, buddy. Brilliant review. Um, Danny. Yeah. What films are you looking forward to seeing in 2019? Do you have anything that you're really anticipating? I have a number one pick, which is I'm very excited for the new Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because, well, I'm a big, I know you are as well, big paid-up Tarantino fan. Yeah, I like Tarantino. And if, you know, his movies often sort of steeped in the lore of Hollywood. He's obviously such a sort of movie brat. It's exciting to, the idea of him actually having a movie where that sort of 60s landscape is the focus of it. Rather than just the source of his casting decisions. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, it feels like the kind of movie only someone like him could make nowadays like a big sprawling period piece maybe paul thomas anderson yeah exactly there's only a few names you can get it done yeah and it feels like a bit of a and also because you know the penultimate one he's so and i like the idea of brad pitt and DiCaprio was like a sort of buddy act yeah it's quite exciting what are you looking forward to well i don't have any thoughts of my own but i have a list here of the <laughs> guardians top 10 most anticipated films of 2019 some of which i also would like to see um <laughs> so shall i just go through the top 10 here reel them off reel them off the 10 most antici- anticipated film according to the guardian is this untitled roger ailes film there's a movie uh, coming out about his uh, dramatic fall from grace it's actually like a trend that seems set to continue is um uh, movies about very recent events the, the sort of turnaround now which like um current events gets dramatized into yeah uh, the pictures they just immediately turn them into movies now. So Roger Ailes only had his scandal in May 2016. So three years later, a film is going to come out okay. <laughs> about that. A bit like this Brexit movie that's coming out with oh, Cumberbatch, God. which looks like total shit. Wasn't he burned by his Assange movie? Wasn't he like, I should not rush into another very quickly made political drama? He can't resist. He can't resist. He can't say no. Any film about some kind of like eccentric nerd who changes everything, he's got to do it. Yeah, with a slightly weird appearance. Do I wear a wig of some kind or a ball cap? Sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. Have I got um, an accent? Brilliant. Yeah, do I, I've played I've played everyone. I've played Stephen Hawking, I've played Alan Shearing, and now I'll play the, the contemporary equivalent, Dominic Cummings, in the Brexit campaign. It's like, bizarre, bizarre thing. Uh, but anyway, maybe this Roger Ailes movie will be better. John Lithgow is playing Roger Ailes. Uh, Malcolm McDowell is Rupert Murdoch. I think that's quite good casting. And Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron are going to be the Yeah, I've seen the Fox photos News of Charlize Theron as uh, Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly. It's like spot on. Whoever the makeup artist is on that movie. Done a great job. Done a great job. It's a real boom for makeup artists, it feels like. Absolutely, They're yeah. Like... Did, you see, did you see um 
Christian Bale's transformation into Dick Cheney. Yeah. Fucking makeup artist must have been paid a fortune to do that. It feels like recently it's become kind of seamless. Like, I don't know if they've invented a new type of latex or something, but it just feels like you can turn anyone to anyone these days. Yeah, and guarantee them awards uh, nominations. Ten years ago, it was just like, oh, he's clearly wearing a wig or whatever. (laughs) And now it's like seamless. I don't know. It's all that... Um, Maybe there's just, like you're saying, all these high-profile... It's all that Lord of the Rings technology they used to make the orcs, you know? Yeah. They just turn, they're just they uh, just using that to turn anyone into anyone these days. To cast anyone as Amazing. anyone. Uh, another movie coming out, The Souvenir, the new Joanna Hogg film. Oh, yeah. It's a two-parter, right? Is it a two-parter? It doesn't yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, It's two films. Two films in one. Or well, at least it was... Well, she hasn't made a movie in a while. Her last one was in 2013. Exhibition. Exhibition. That was quite bad. Though. Quite bad. But Archipelago... Very, very good. Well, maybe she'll be back to uh, form, back on form. I hope so. It stars Tilda Swinton's daughter called Honor Swinton Byrne. It's a pretty cool name. That's an awesome name. It's a badass name. Isn't Arpats in that one? Arpats may well be in it, but cool. that is not information that's in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> All it says here is that um, it's set in the early 1980s and she begins an affair with an older man. So it sounds a bit like an education. Okay. Um, the Irishman is coming out next year. The new Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro collaboration. Like like the characters from age like 20 to 80 or something. It's got, it's like uh, one of his classic gangster films, but with Marvel's, you can be any age technology. They de-age De Niro. They can de-age De Niro. They can turn De Niro using uh, makeup into any other person. Yeah. It's just, what they can do now, it's just amazing, isn't it? Joe Pesci's playing a six-year-old in it. It's incredible. Pesci's in it. Harvey Keitel's in it. And it's taking aim at the Mafia Union Wars of the 1970s. Brilliant. Is this going to be good? Or is this going to be like a depressing like parody of a Scorsese it sounds like a It sounds like a depressing <laughs> attempt to recapture old glories that is, you know, ultimately Hasn't fails. Done, like, isn't it a bit played out? Like, I don't know. He's a genius, right? He's one of the best directors of his or any don't generation. Question. Don't, don't question don't Scorsese. Question it. It's going to have a you know, great soundtrack. Yeah. The camera will move around a lot. Fantastic. We're gonna everyone's gonna love it and it's gonna be on Netflix. It's gonna be awesome. ne- it's gonna be Netflix distributed, like all of Scorsese's greatest films. Um Little Women is the next one, Greta Gerwig's adaptation of uh yeah, yeah, Little that Women. Sounds great. Which which could be good. It's got um some so hot right now people in it, including Florence Pugh and uh, joined by Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Emma Watson. Isn't Chalamet in it? Chalamet. I think he's Laurie. Chalamet's in it. Oh, absolutely. And Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. So everyone who's young and hot in every sense is in this film. Well, that's a great book. I've never read it, but I like the adaptations of that I've seen. Um, I'm really looking forward to the new Jordan Peele film. That is definitely one of my most anticipated movies. Shit, that was the other big movie news was the trailer for Us. Which, which I haven't. Was, is it good? I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, really good. Excellent. I can't tell if it's like, you know, it could be anything and just like jordan peele's name on it's like this is gonna be the best horror movie ever because it is a you know i think horror trailers just do follow a certain like there's a idyllic family scary scary thing yeah sudden shots you know they will follow a similar template but it looked great and i really like winston duke and lapita nyongo as a couple that's quite a cool casting elizabeth moss is always good horror casting yeah um uh there's another happy chat pong we're a seth film coming out <sighs> the guy who made uncle boomy records his past lives He's got a film coming out starring Tilda Swinton. It's called Memoria. Must be good. Must be good. Um, number four here is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we've already discussed. Number three, the new Ken Loach film. Did not know about this. It's called Sorry We Missed You. Having dealt with 
the welfare state, Loach is now turning his attention to the gig economy, and it follows a self-employed van driver struggling to keep his and his family's heads above water. Could be good. I mean, yeah. sounds like a sounds like another hot topic that you know it makes yeah. perfect sense to me that Loach is making a movie about it. But every single one of his movies, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Sure, it makes sense. Sure. Another Loach film, you know. And I I really liked I Daniel Blake, so hopefully this this will hit similar kind of buttons as that one. Um. The uh, maker of last year's God's Own Country, which people really liked, but which I did not see. Francis Lee. Francis Lee um, is making a, a film called Ammonite, set in the 1840s. It's about lesbian archaeology. Wow. I mean, it says it says a tale of 1840s lesbian archaeology. I assume that just means that, like, it's normal archaeology, but it's being done by like gay, gay women. women. Yeah, not, like, digging up lesbian stuff from the past. <laughs> Um, but that's another Saoirse Ronan film. We got Saoirse Ronan. She she will barely be off our screens. So do you think uh, you know she gets the script? And it's like when's it set? Present day? Go fuck yourself. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Period. The past. The past. Yes, Fantastic. please. Sign me up. When it was Lady Bird, it's like I'm sorry. Is this present day? It's like no, no, it's no, just no, no. The early noughties. Like fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. This one. It's just period enough. I got burned when I made the host. You know that was <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. How I live now. The near future is not a good period for Sergio. Near past, she's loving it. The, yeah, near past or far past. The past. Yeah, it's a great mode for her. Um, that's also you got Kate Windsor and someone called Mary Anning. Don't know who Mary Anning is. Um, Kate Winsett plays, according to the Guardian, a gentlewoman sent to co- convalesce by the sea. Ooh, ooh, fantastic! And their top most anticipated film is another richer in the headlines tale, Greed, the new Michael Winterbottom film starring Steve Coogan. It's about a ghastly retail mogul throwing a wild 60th birthday party in Greece, with um, Issa Fisher as his wife and David Mitchell is in it, and it's apparently obviously a send up of Philip Green. Right, but it definitely sounds like a it's got some contemporary resonances yeah bad rich rich guy but he, they're so hit and miss their collaborations like 24 hour party people is great Dragon his Cock his full story is pretty good yeah uh that king of soho thing kind of sunk what was it called the look of love oh yeah that's Paul right Raymond yeah yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Kind of song about a trace michael winterborn was a bit like up and down well the trip was quite well received wasn't it the trip the various was um Incarnations of the trip. Maybe this retail mogul does a really good impression of Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think Why there's... is that the number one? That's an odd number one pick. You know? It's an odd. It is a very odd does number one. Does the journalist know Michael? Probably, probably. Yeah, I mean, I would say like Steve Coogan, Michael Winterbottom movie is quite a sort of Guardian type yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's definitely a trend of like. Um, filmmakers trying to you know tackle contemporary stories but they're just like dramatizing very recent events like i don't know if they have really good takes on them yeah yeah but they're just like it's about something that happened really recently so this must be a movie about our times yeah um danny i think we should wrap up this little bonus app i mean thanks for joining us though for this little bonus app we are now actually officially unless i decide that this podcast is too long cut this one down this one down and we I come and turn up in your house a week later. Like, Sorry, <laughs> Sam. I know you're busy. Yeah. And, you know, but assuming that doesn't happen. We're now really on hiatus. We're really on hiatus. So we'll see you. No content. At some point in late Jan, February. Mid- I don't know. Yeah, mid Jan. Because uh, my, my essay deadline will be the 11th. Oh, cool. So um, after that. You'll barely miss us. Barely, barely miss us. Maybe okay. just one, one. I mean, that's how terrifyingly soon my deadline is. That what our hiatus is even that long. What are you doing talking to me? <laughs> Idiot. 
I haven't, your house. Actually, if, if you look closely, I've been reading my textbook this entire time. That's why I haven't been as funny and, you know, on it as usual. It's because I've been studying. Oh, of course. With one eye. That's always your With my lazy eye. All right, friends. See you. Have a great, great new year. And see you in 2019. Bye. Bye. You are, your name is a mystery to me. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say it? So, How did I do with your name? How did I do with your name? Saoirse. Right? How do you pronounce her name? And it's Saoirse, but... Sarah Sharona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how you say it. Because yeah. people do get it wrong a lot. People don't always get the name right, do they? <laughs> because it is spelt S-A-O-I-R-S-E. S-A-O-I-R-S-E. Yeah. Which makes no sense. That's how your name is spelled. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Which is a lot of vowels. It's it's four of the five vowels. It we know what else you get. Yeah, I do. So How often do people get it right on the first try? They never get the name right, no. But um, hardly ever. What's the most mispronounced? Like, is there a way that people tend to... Look What's the worst like? pronunciation of your name you've ever heard? What's the worst <laughs> butchering of it you've ever heard? What's, like, the weirdest one you've ever heard? It's a What's ridiculous. the worst it's pronunciation that you've ever seen? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.